Welcome to today's episode of CLCI Live, brought to you by the award-winning and ICF-accredited school, Certified Life Coach Institute. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another week of CLCI Live. In case you didn't know, it is International Women's Day. And for today's topic, we're going to be talking about why women are natural-born coaches. And we are also joined by Jen Jen Long, certified life coach, a new certified life coach, and new uh, team member um, to the Certified Life Coach Institute team. So, um, Jen, if you want to introduce yourself, just you know, briefly tell us who you are, what you do, and how'd you like the class? <clears throat> like just with us. Yeah. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I am joining CLCI. Um, as an administrative assistant, and I'm so excited to be part of this wonderful team. The class was uh, the class was amazing. The class was so much more than I had expected, and the class really caused more growth than I ever imagined. When I went into it, that was my intention was growth, and I didn't even know how much growth growth was possible. The class was just exceeded all expectations I had truly. So after that class, do you feel like a natural born coach? <laughs> after that class? Um, yeah, I do. I do feel like a natural born coach. Absolutely. Awesome. And that brings us, uh, I mean, dovetails. Thank you for that, Anthony. Dovetails yeah. us nicely into our um, topic today. We've briefly touched on it. It's International Women's Day. Um, uh, so we're here to celebrate women. We're also here to talk about why women are natural born coaches and um, sort of the qualities that, that, that maybe are, uh, I guess, given to the, the female gender. I want to give us a big disclaimer as we move into this space, a big like disclaimer. Um, we're not saying men don't have these qualities in any way, shape or form, but it's International Women's Day. So we're going to talk and we're, we're not going to say all women possess these qualities either. We'll, we'll go both ways with it. Um, uh, but what we will say, we're going to just be sort of be talking through um, um, what it is that makes coaching a natural born place for women. Um, uh, quickly, though, while we're here, we can celebrate some awesome women. Lisa, who is our owner, is an amazing female business owner. So um, that's awesome. <laughs> and then, uh, so speaking into that, Lisa, what what qualities of a do you assign to a natural born coach that that would be feminine? I guess you could say. <laughs> well, I. I hesitate to say feminine and only women, and, and, and I mean, I'm recognizing how the title and the day is. <clears throat> I think one needs to have compassion, and, and typically it, we find our compassion kind of easily, I guess I would say. I think we have the ability to navigate uh, a peaceful space. That is not to say all women are peaceful and to say men aren't or any particular individual peaceful um what did you say there Anthony? i said brooke is definitely not peaceful how am i not peaceful oh my goodness <laughs> i am like Dictator, the biggest gives orders oh well yeah but there's, there's a difference between peace i guess i guess it's how you define peace um yeah well that's negotiators really tend to be good at negotiating there we go Oh, women. Uh, um, <laughs> I think that that uh, I, so I'm looking at statistics. I promise I would come here armed with statistics. So we didn't uh, look like we were just making giant presumptions uh, about things. And so there was a, a big study done uh, that of 750 workplaces, a ton of people. And one of the qualities I think that is really assigned to women is empathy uh, and the ability to empathize. And this is a, a study that was done. Um, and they asked, uh, when you look at women in, and your managers, as opposed to male to female managers, who is far is more capable, who demonstrates the ability to empathize? And um, I'm looking for the statistics now. Uh, it, it was found that women are definitely exponentially more inclined to be um, empathetic in the workplace than, than men. 
again, not saying all men are this way. It's just the finding of this uh, study that was done um, in 20, from 2016 to 2021. Um, I'm pulling that statistics right. Here we go. So, um, the statistics are: if your manager is a woman, 31% are more uh, were more inclined 31% to provide emotional support. 19 in a man. This one's kind of close. Checking in on overall overall well-being: 54% male, 61% in women. So, um, those that close. What's funny about these numbers is they're not too far off. They're only about five percent off in each case. So I think that the that it's fair to say that leaders being a leader, you know, those qualities kind of have to, you're going to be a good leader. You've got to in, in embody all of those qualities with regardless. Um, it turns out we're not so different after all, you and it I. It does turn out that. But you know what sucks though? I'm just going to go here. You know what sucks? When you look at manage, like, like the percentages of managers, just not to be mean or anything like this, but um, it's absurd uh, how many men and it's, it's, you know, of course, white men uh, are, so we're looking at in the high management C-suite, 62% of white men, 13% men of color, 13, uh, 20% white women, and 4% women of color. And so you can just see like how skewed um, it becomes. And, and that statistic, of course, it's much more even when you're looking at entry level, but it just gradually goes that direction. Um, that being said, we've come leaps and bounds from where we once were with regard to that, with regard to opening up. So um, this concept of leadership, I think, does come into play a little bit with coaching, even though it is kind of counterintuitive <laughs> at the same time. Right. So um, how is it how how does being a leader make you a good leader, make you a better coach? I'm curious. How does a good leader make you a better coach? I think being a, being a coach makes you a better leader. I think the other ah. way around. <laughs> I, think the, I think the ability to uh, listen with the intent of hearing versus uh, listen with the intent of correction, listen into uh, really more speak your mind versus hearing what others are saying, being more mindful into listening creates that space for a leader to really hear what's going on or an opportunity um, to hear what's going on and make adjustments based on not only what the leader thinks, but also based on the feedback that one gets from all participants. So that's why, you know, I think that coaching who has, I mean, uh, leaders who have coaching skills do a lot better that not only that the, the employees that work with them tend to be more happier because they do feel like they have a voice they do feel heard i was reading an article earlier today as we were playing around you know seeing what different terminology and information we could find on this topic i was looking at um, south korea and south korea reminded me what i was reading of like the 1950s for us and that 1950s where that, that um, Korean female who had the ability when they were in their 20s to step up, when they, when they went into their 30s, it all declined. It's like they were over the hill in that space. And the uh, male counterparts, when they were in their 30s, that's when they took over a lot of the job placements. There, there was... A, a two-year stint that the males are required to do um, military, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, you know, be in the military for two years. And so that's where that lag seemed to occur. But it was, I thought it was interesting because I thought South Korea was much more progressive and more friendly with women than that. So I just a bit of information. Hello? I watch Parasite. They're not as progressive <laughs> as we would hope to be. Yeah. Um, Brooke, you mentioned um, earlier about empathy. Um, and, you know, women seem to, in the workspace, seem to possess um, a higher percentage of empathy, like in terms of female, female managers. What I wanted to ask, though, and I, I know the answer to this because we talked about this in an early life, but I'm going to play dumb for a second. Why is empathy even? You have to play it. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Oh, thanks, oh, Lisa. Really... But, uh, but... 
But um, why is empathy even a factor or important in coaching? How, why does empathy in the workspace, how does that translate to empathy in coaching? Why do we even care about that as a coach? Jen, maybe you have the answer to this question, uh, having taken level one with us. Oh, she's frozen. She's frozen. Oh, no. <laughs> Great. Uh, oh, there oh, there she's back. She's back. Okay. Well, you you guys froze on my end, so I was, I don't know what was happening there. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so empathy, um, for me, it, it's just, it's part of who I am. And um, hmm, it's, I think, what characteristic drew me to coaching, ultimately, um, just when we were talking about, you know, why women are natural born coaches, just the idea of holding space for someone with empathy, without judgment, to me, that that's such a nurturing act. And so, um, because women tend to be very nurturing, I think it comes fairly naturally for a lot of women. Um, some men too. I mean, Dan seems very nurturing to me. I'm just going to say. <laughs> uh, agreed. Agreed. Actually, I think that is something, uh, a part of Dan that comes naturally that he has also embraced that, that sort of nurturing, um, being unafraid to, to, uh, embrace maybe the things that, that, uh, the macho man would be scared to embrace. And that's, what's kind of amazing about Dan. <laughs> so, um, that's why a lot of the ladies like him in the class. Um, <laughs> ladies purple. love Daniel yeah. Alexa. <laughs> it is. That's true. I mean, that's this empathy thing. This concept of empathy is, it's very, I mean, it's critical. And in business, I'm being a leader myself and being somebody, you get a lot further when you're able to sort of be in the shoes of the person that, that you're leading or that you're working with and, and being able to relate to them instead of just, uh, you know, barking orders. I don't think anybody gets very far doing that for very long. Um, um, and that is absolutely a quality of a co coach is us being able to put ourselves in the shoes of others. And, and for, for one reason or another, it's probably, it's something I think that's been nurtured in the feminine side. Uh, it's been much more, um, encouraged, I guess you could say, and allowed where it's less maybe so on, uh, it, it, depending on the, the culture, but, um, in, in, on the male side of things. And that is why that is, that characteristic is assigned to women. Again, not saying that it's not something a man is capable of being and or doing, uh, we have many that do. So, <laughs> um, I, got I, think a still, I think it's still interesting today. We, um, gender, we're tra all trying to be this gender language and have gender, you know, where we're not assigning gender. But when we talk about the softer skills, we still assign it to more feminine qualities versus all people, you know, having that quality. So I think that's kind of interesting um, today as still part of the standard um, language that we do. Well, and that's the one thing with this within this topic we can't what we cannot escape is gender and the conversation mm -hmm. of gender i think mm -hmm. um uh, a big part of international women's day is is escaping gender bias and letting go mm -hmm. of gender bias. um um and and the experience of gender bias and realizing that as a woman we are fully capable um of doing and any and everything um a man is doing or a man can do maybe apart from you know standing up and peeing in the snow uh, and writing my name on things <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, that would take some real skills on my part. <laughs> Learn, who knows? <laughs> yeah, Jerome, we got that covered. <laughs> <laughs> but beyond that, um, and maybe some upper body strength in my case, but um, uh, there is most things we are capable of doing, and and sometimes we excel, uh, depending on the woman, of course, in the, in the spaces that that. Uh, maybe a man would be less inclined to excel. But that, again, doesn't mean that this is a blanket thing. Um, but the concept of gender is an interesting thing. I don't think that we, anybody, I don't think we will ever escape gender entirely. I think gender is a part of of us. It's gender bias, I think, that we want to escape, right? Mm -hmm. I, yeah, because can, oh, go on, Jerome. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, speaking of things that we can't escape, um, 
I'm sure we'll touch on it or we plan to touch on it. Um, but it, it's coming up for me right now is I know in the coaching space, I'm not sure of the exact statistic, but Brooke, maybe you have it handy. Um, I think there's somewhere around 80% of life coaches are women. Women are, um, we are the dominating life coach. Gonna, yeah, I can pull that statistic. I absolutely can. I say, literally, I see this every single day when I run the registration. So, like, I'm constantly saying this. Most of the people who sign up for class and who become life coaches are women um, or identify as such. Um, and then maybe, I don't know, 20%, would you say that's a fair number? Uh, 20% is men? Uh, or, You're close. I, I'll give you the exact statistic. Yeah few minutes to pull it up and i will get that for you guys um, are you looking at our statistics or the statistics I'm in general? The, yeah the icf um ICF, uh, yeah. survey yeah so that's where i'll pull that from uh, and that was i don't have an answer to this but i'm wondering why is it that women are more drawn to ladies <laughs> as opposed to men um ladies ladies, ladies. <laughs> I, I think they that um, people think that this is a soft skill, which tends to be that feminine side of things. So that soft skill where we are listening, where we're growing uh, with our client. But honestly, when we just take it out into the the real world, it's also sales. Yeah. When you're having a good salesperson, <clears throat> they're encompassing a lot of these skills, if not all of them. I see your head well, shaking, Jerome. What are you saying? Mm -hmm. Well, I was... Yeah, I was agreeing with the fact that it's definitely, you know, not just soft skills here, because as a coach, you're still going to be expected to go out and um, execute as far as a marketer is concerned, um, whether that is online or, you know, if that's somewhere you're doing local marketing, um, you're still expected to execute if you're if you're intending to attain clients. So um, I would have to agree that overall, you know, it's it's something that um, isn't necessarily considered a, a soft skill as far as coaching is concerned well i think even in the teaching realm when you're teachers i think the still high percentage is female that you know in that field as well again it also in that field it doesn't pay typically what one wants to earn when you're out mm -hmm. no, i was gonna say the real world but it's not a pretend world either so um i see if they're not go into just ICF did not check gender. Oh, wait, here we go. Age demographics. Maybe we got it here. Um, I was like, I don't gender. Here it is. Okay. So we're looking at, and this might surprise you actually. So depending on what generation we're looking in here, uh, you're looking at millennials completely equal male to female. Boom. <laughs> um, generation Xers, women are 54%. Men are 45%, baby boomers, 36%, women are males, 43%. Hmm. So um, it's just that we're special and we just draw in women, apparently, uh, here. Well, so <laughs> is those, are those accredited coaches with ICF or are they? Those are members? ICF accredited coaches. Yes, those are. Those are. So those yeah. are, well, I'm not sure if it's, let me look again. Let's see if it's, uh, so this is by definition, gender 2000 respondents, um, gender fluid, the majority of coach practitioners, 73, okay, 70.3% said they were female, with 29.5% being male, 0.2% being general gender neutral. Um, due to the low base number of reporting is gender neutral fluid, uh, this is, uh, you can't necessarily factor that in. The 70% female share in 2009 represents an increase of 3%, so that it's increased 3% in women since then. Or no, it, it, the, I'm sorry, 2015 it was at 67, now it's at 70, so it's increased. Um, and with more women. Um, between 2015 and 2019, the female share rose across all regions. Um, so women are more and more women are flocking towards coaching is what we're learning. So um, I guess it was just because the way it's broken down there, it works out yeah. to 70%. So, yeah. So this is a hypothesis, not a, this is my armchair opinion as to why this is the case. Brooke, you talked earlier about how in like business, and we're talking about corporate structures, most of the managerial to C-suite level roles are men, correct? Yes, they are. Uh, so if you I are a woman and you're going into the workforce and you see the general trend where that's the case, there's this glass ceiling ahead of you, would you rather try your best there and you know, you're skilled 
uh, you're knowledgeable, you have experience, but you're not getting any sort of traction that you want? Or would you rather go out on your own and be an entrepreneur or oh, start your own business or become a life coach? And so this is my hypothesis again. Most women are seeing what's in front of them, the options. They're choosing what's going to be more profitable and what's better for them in the long run. Um, so they're not stuck under this glass ceiling. So I, that might a, be a reason, but I'm not I, too sure. I'm going to just go, I'm going to go completely non-PC here. Are you ready? PC alert, non-PC alert, non-PC alert. If we're looking at women versus men, women typically, you know, throughout throughout history, where the we're, men are the hunters, women are the gatherers, right? Where that we, we, um, Nately, we have children, we nurture, we raise the children. Uh, these are the just, of course, grand sweeping um, statements I'm making here. But in that realm of nurturing and caring for another human being, we, we nurture skills within ourselves that are inclined toward caring and nurturing for other people and people outside of ourselves. And I think that this is a space where women go, okay, wait, I am good at this. I'm good at caring for others. I'm good at helping others. What can I do with that skill set that I have, that I have harnessed um, and that I've, I've been harnessing for years and years? I've been helping people. I've been talking to people. I've been, you know, as a woman, that is something that we do. <laughs> um, and I think that this is a natural space for women to find themselves in because boom, they're, they're taking that natural skill set that they've, they've, harness as being a mother as being a, a sister um you know whatever it may be and bringing it into a place where they can actually monetize it mm -hmm. am i crazy <laughs> is that out is that too out there <laughs> that's a good working hypothesis i think um because you're already whether you want to or not um if you are a woman and you're born as a woman, you people are putting expectations on you of how you should behave and act. And some of those will translate to skills, soft, we talked about those soft skills and talking to people, interacting, being empathetic and a good listener. And then with the advent of coaching, which I don't know when that really took place in the 70s, 80s, um, we started to monetize those skills and it turns out we had, you know, about half of the population who was already good at that skill set that's required for coaching. Um, we just, the ICF just sort of stratified it and made it, you know, well, they codified it, what skills you need, but it seems like people are already ready for, to be coaches. Yes, Brooke, sorry. We told them to throw out half of that skill set, if not more, because you're not going to be giving advice. <laughs> and then, yeah. um, Really quick, I just want to, and this is something we forgot to say at the beginning of this. If you're watching, please participate. We want to hear from you. Uh, go ahead and drop drop anything in the comments. We will put it up here. We will talk to you, and we will address your questions or concerns. So we have an awesome question here. Um, you can only see part of it on this. Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and read it for you guys. Uh, unfortunately, I have to hide it when I read it so that I can read the whole thing. Uh, I just received my MCLC for CLCI. All the facilitators in levels one and two were men, but at no point did I feel they were not relatable to me as a 64-year-old woman. Um, I guess I have the reverse question. What drives men to life coach or draws men to life coaching? Is there a common factor? Fellas? I, I, I think so. I've, I've had a handful of jobs and um, CLCI is one of the spaces where I feel most comfortable because of that empathetic factor that kind of comes along with being a coach. I was raised around a bunch of women. So um, you better learn to be empathetic. You better learn to listen. Otherwise, it's not going to be a very nice upbringing for you. How, how many um, sisters do you have, Jerome? How many sisters? Four sisters. Four, four sisters. sisters. Yeah. <laughs> huge family. So I have pretty much an extended amount of sisters in the form of my cousins. So they were always around as well. So it was pretty much required of me to learn empathy because I pretty much would have just been ganged up on and, and not had a great time growing up. So um, I learned to listen and learn to be empathetic. So I think that is a common factor when it comes to being drawn to life coaching as a male. Anthony? <laughs> So I'm a bit of an outlier when it comes to life coaching. I didn't come into this as a life coach, um, much in the way a lot of our facilitators did. They would probably answer this question a lot better than I would. Um, 
I came into this sort of in the business background doing the writing and then, you know, getting eased into life coaching, even though Lee Sunbrook had to drag me kicking and screaming almost into it, but I'm actually doing the coaching. So to actually answer the question, what draws men to life coaching? If I had to make a big generalization here, which I probably am, I think men in general, like we're taught, and this is society sort of reinforcing this, that we're taught to be independent and we got to go on our own. And perhaps, you know, we men have had enough of working for some other guy for a living. And it just seems to be the natural inclination to be like, well, I want to start my own business. I might as well take the skills I'm already good at. Um, What is it? I talked to a man the other day who owned a gym and he wanted to start coaching uh, within his gym as well. And he was turning his skill of owning a gym, fitness instruction and turning it into coaching. That's what I see a lot of men. Typically they take their pre-existing skill set and they're phasing out of the career or corporate structure into owning their own business as a coach. That's kind of what I see, but you know, that's probably not, you know, the full picture. That's just kind of what my little tiny picture. As my, as the resident non pcer I'm just going to throw some things out there really quick and see how we feel about them. So okay. looking at, uh, looking at, there's some, there's some big name coaches out there, big name coaches that are men. I'd say actually a great deal. Uh, many of the highest paid coaches are male. Um, if we're going to talk about gentlemen, like um, I want to do it like pig Latin, Tony Robbins or something like that. I don't assign empathy to him really as a, as a quality. What is it do you think that draws somebody like them into this realm? <laughs> money, lots of money to be made. Yeah. I would say he's, he's a great marketer. Um, he's amazing at marketing. So that draws him. I, I'm not a huge Tony Robbins fan. So <laughs> I haven't actually went ahead and, um, you know, actually looked at some of his coaching. So I'm not exactly sure how he is in that realm, but I do know for a fact, I can't escape his marketing. So, um, there's, I think that's a huge part of his allure when it comes to, um, actually, but I think also, space. you look at him and you look at his background and his, yes, his marketing's out of control, good, by the way. Um, if you look at him and his background, he, he comes from a place of sort of a, he's got some fame behind him. He's got some celebrity. So he was able to leverage that celebrity and bring it into an, another major business instead of just leaving, you know, the, the career behind his, I believe his football career behind. Um, he, he did act a bit too. And then he, um, he was figured out how to monetize, you know, the skill set that he had, which is interesting for sure. Um, but he, it's definitely a different space, I think, than what a lot of women come into this space expecting um, or, 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 or aiming for. Uh, Jen? So, yeah, some, something that's coming up for me with, with this is as a new coach, I so far feel that uh, coaching is very, it's, it's intimate. And so for me, I'm, I'm not afraid of that, that um, I'm good with that. But I, I sense that that might be something that men aren't as comfortable with or Mm -hmm. maybe have a little fear of Mm -hmm. and so my question to you guys would be you know what what is that like for you did you have any sort of fear of that intimacy and how did you overcome it i could say as a just myself and as a guy i don't like intimacy it makes me very uncomfortable (laughs) um i don't necessarily want to get in the inner world of a stranger that often um and it's tough but you know once you're doing it you know it's easy because you know when you're a certified life coach or master certified life coach you know what questions to ask and the conversation begins to flow naturally but there's that barrier on the outside when you're not doing it's like oh my god i gotta talk to a person for a whole hour i'd rather not do that i want to I want to put my head down and just like do busy work for an hour. But (laughs) once you're over that, it gets easier. um, And it's not as bad as you think. And you don't have people, you know, spilling their hearts out to you. It's nothing like that. You're just asking questions and they're providing answers. And then eventually this relationship forms before you know it, the coach client relationship. Unless you're coaching me, I, for some reason, seem to like 
cry in every coaching session. I go into, I'm like, man, you better. Are you as a coach or are you being coached? That's me being coached, not me uh, coaching. Okay. No. That'd be very funny if you were coaching someone and then you start crying. <laughs> no, not the case. Not the case. I'm the same. I'm a crier in the session for sure. It's good healing. It is. It is. It's like it's like a safe space where um, I'm able to just sort of like tap into those, especially again, as a woman who's a leader that like, I think Lisa can attest to this, we compartmentalize, we know we've got things got to get done. So we got to set this here, we got to move here, we got to, so that we, and we got to move through that emotion. So when you get into that safe space where you're able to actually like feel and like, sometimes mm-hmm. the waterworks tumble flowing. <laughs> I'm but uh, very... I'm very bright right now because I'm looking up things on Google, but this also links into mental health as well. Mm -hmm. Um, When we're talking about coaching and if we're bringing therapy into this as well, it seems to be more women are open to being coached and going to therapy and doing those sort of things than men are by a long shot, it seems. Um, Well, and that's because of, I think, of, of constructs that we that have been in our society for a long time where men are supposed to embody the gender of being this sort of closed off unemotional uh i go to work and i handle business mm-hmm. and where women are allowed to be the criers i mean if you look at hysteria and you know or the um which is just total it's it's silliness because again men feel women feel um, but but we've we've taught ourselves men to stuff it down and and said women it's okay if you if you do that um, for a second, I want to hypothesize that that's going to shift drastically over the coming years, just because even with that statistic you brought up earlier, Brooke, uh, amongst millennials, how it's pretty split on um, men and women, as far as coaches are concerned. Um, I think us as a society, I think we're trying to push past that societal expectation that men don't have feelings and you should just, you know, go home and, you know, wake up the next morning and pick, pick up your lunch pail and go to work. That's that I think we're trying. <laughs> push past that and i think a huge reason because of that is um for that is because the internet i think we all have a very um a much a much easier means of actually expressing how we genuinely feel um as opposed to again just kind of coming off of societal expectations and and maneuvering based off of that um so we do have a question in the chat i'm going to pull up the statistic on that right now but um I'm almost in the space that you're speaking of, this sort of business coaching space, of course, they're probably going to be more men because like we just said, C-suite, 61% are male. So (laughs) it's the the percentage of females being coached in that space is going to be significantly less because there's a significantly less amount of females in that particular space. But I'll pull up the exact statistic of who is being coached um, and and as to what gender and and, and just give me a moment in the meantime. Guys, talk it up. (laughs) <laughs> have some fun i'm just gonna get this out there i'm pulling a lot of this out of my ass okay i did not, <laughs> did not do the prep work with the with the therapy one i did look that up it was a 24 percent for women and 13 percent for men um coaching that one's being pulled out of my ass but um you know you, you make a good point uh ronnie with um you know men getting executive coaching and the reason why is because most executives are men um, I don't know where that, because there's the whole other sphere of coaching we're not talking about, such as transformational coaching or fitness, wellness coaching, spiritual coaching. I don't know about well, any I of think statistics. I think it's also fair to mention that we, um, that those areas of coaching are growing, um, where coaching began in an executive space. That is really where a large amount of coaching get the, 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 the roots of coaching sort of fell is in that executive space. Even uh, ICF originally was much more executive based, but it's come to find out. I think it's still very executive based. I think it is starting to invite other uh, opportunities. And part of that reason, I think that direction and uphill is that they wanted to really uh, make sure we weren't crossing over into licensed practitioner sides of things. Okay, so here are our statistics. Among female coach practitioners, 62% of clients are also female. Boom! Uh, uh, compared with 46% of clients where the coach practitioner was male. So that's the same sex, sort of, they're coaching one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, let's see, the majority of coaching clients are female, ranging from 60% in North America to 57%. 
um, in uh, on average, an average of 57%. And then among coach practitioners with the specialty, females account for 52% of clients compared to, um, or this is among coach practitioners with a business specialty, females still or account for 52% of clients compared with 67% among the non-business specialties. So still, women are still, you know, bringing up the majority, even in those um, business spaces, which is exciting. I mean, that's that's awesome. What do you think that is? Why do you think it is? I mean, again, I, I think we touched on it a little. Women are more inclined. We're allowed to, right? That's really what it comes down to. We're allowed to. So I mean, we're, there's no shame there for us. Um, but there, for some reason, you men. Yeah. <laughs> there's that, um, you know, that bias towards that we're it seems like if a woman is going through the steps of doing it, it's empowering. If a guy goes through those steps, they're admitting defeat. That's what it seems like. And that's really, really tough for men to admit that they need help and that they're not doing what they need to do. And I believe we talked about this in a different live where we're trying to reframe. It's not admitting defeat to get coaching. It's you're taking the necessary steps to go to the next level is what it really is. Um, but there is that, you know, mindset that if you're asking for help and you're going to a third party for assistance for something, that's almost admitting defeat. And that not, it's not very pleasant for a lot of guys and they can't really handle that and then go to coaching or whatever other services they may need. Um, there's that really old stereotype of, you know, men don't ask directions when they're lost driving around the city or something like that. No, I um, don't. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't either. <laughs> I don't either. Well, well, we all have, we all have GPS now, but like, I'll get like really stubborn and be like, I can do it on my own. <laughs> well, <laughs> if somebody tells me they know a faster route, I'll ignore them. <laughs> on my way <laughs> and then well, as well we'll drop the icf study in the blog that we're going to be writing to just to back up all this information yeah um, i have to look at the like the like how much we can share that because we paid for it so i've got to figure that out um but i know that we can at least like screen snap out bits and pieces of it i just have to read what the rules are with regard to sharing it. <laughs> um but yes for sure we will give you uh definitely links ways to this so that you can uh make sure that our statistics we'll are it. in air um <laughs> so so we've talked about empathy we've talked about the emotions and being the intimacy the being willing to you know get in there and get in touch with our clients and all of that good stuff um and how that's a more comfortable space for women probably because we're more comfortable with emotion um at the end of the day now that's that's what we're, we're all this again is predicated based on uh what's been going on and and what the vast majority of things have, have been in our past are we to say come, moving forward that we cannot break through these gender you know biases these gender i guess roles and and sort of be whoever we want to be that's kind of the i guess freeing and amazing thing about um even i think with the advent of pronouns and, and using them and things of this nature right um we all have to pause for probably the first time in a lot of people's lives and ask ourselves, am I a woman? Am I a she, she, her? Am I a he, him? And, and actually take that moment and ask that question, which is maybe not something everybody's done, right? But it's an interesting space where you can go, okay, wait, maybe I can reimagine who I am right now. <laughs> um, uh, maybe this isn't right for me. And I think that that's something that's very cool uh for people um and and i think it is definitely as jerome said a uh, indication that we are um evolving uh maybe outside of of what the the societal norms uh have been for a long time which is kind of cool uh, i know as a woman i have felt glass ceilings and there have been boys clubs i have not been able to get into and it has frustrated me <laughs> like i've wanted to and, and and there have been rooms i walked into where i was immediately you're a woman so you're going to be treated like a woman. Um, and it was so always frustrating because I'm Brooke. When I walk into a room, I'm Brooke. Um, uh, yes, Brooke is a woman, but at the same time, I'm Brooke and, and I've got a, I've got things to contribute, um, even if I am a woman. <laughs> so We talked um, last week about the ego and had eventually gone to a conversation about the self and how people construct their 
beliefs about themselves and what that's predicated on. And it, I'm going to try to keep this conversation in a little box because it could go out there pretty quickly. Um, But what seems to be the trend now is that people are seeing that a lot of their, what they thought was foundational things about themselves that are essential qualities of their human being, such as being a woman or being a man, those predicates were given to them. They're not innate, um, which this might anger some viewers, but they're probably not innate, you know, fixed qualities of a person. So what that means is that you get to decide how you want to act, what gender roles and behaviors you want to take in, throw out, you know, who cares? And, you know, we're, we're talking about women here, but that, you know, includes a lot of people who choose to be women later in their lives. Um, and, you know, maybe you're always a woman, you always felt like you're a woman and it's continual. Um, but now the option becomes you get to choose or we realize that the option was always there. You get to choose what qualities of a woman works for you and what others you can just toss in the trash. And you're talking about, Brooke, a lot of those qualities were given to you and yeah. you were told that you're a woman, so we're just going to put you in this box here. And Fortunately, throwing that out. I was a tomboy. So, like, I, my dad did a large part of my raising, and he was a punk rocker, and there was going to, you know, I was going to, there was no being girly in that space. Like, that didn't exist. <laughs> um so uh, we were, it, it definitely, again, made me a giant tomboy, which always made me feel a little bit like I didn't fit in. And I really became more feminine much later in my life. Like that's when I sort of embraced my femininity. But when I was younger, I was a tomboy to the nth degree. And I still to this day, if a guy is doing it, I want to do it. Like, don't tell me I can't. Like, I want to build things. I want to be a carpenter. I want to, you know, I do everything a guy does and, and do it as well if I can. Um, and that's just a, just built in me, and it's I guess it's that that part of me that goes as soon as somebody tells me I can't, I want to prove that I can, right? <laughs> um, and that's what's frustrating, I guess, for me. But was, was always frustrating to me growing up is the when I would hit those you can't because you're a girl moments. I'm like, no, I can. <laughs> um, uh, really quick too, I wanted to uh, while you were talking, Anthony, this. I once went on a, um, a, which I do, go in these like crazy research, you know, rabbit holes. And I was researching um, why it is that astrology, uh, it's so it, like out there and people actually embody the, 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 the aspects of their astrological signs. Now, for those of you who, are, to, who hold tight to this, I'm not saying it doesn't exist. But for me, I was a skeptic. So I was like, why do people embody these things if, if you know, maybe it's not real? And um there's been studies done where we are what who we say we are, or who we are, sorry, we are who we are told we are. So uh, they've done studies where they put men in a room and they tell them they are one thing for over and over and over again. Um, and women, they're another thing. And so you could put a, the, the, the example is you put a group of men in a room and tell them they are empathetic, give them every feminine trait and just tell them that's what they are. And eventually they will start to embody those characteristics. And you could do the same with a group of women, tell them they're manly, tell them that they're doing, you know, that, and eventually they will start to embody those characteristics. So we are very much who we are told we are from growing up, from, you know, birth. And so that's what's, what's interesting is it's those stories we tell ourselves, right? The stories that we have from childhood. And if you just start telling yourself a different story, you can be whomever you want to be, which is just, again, I think very cool. So, um, that that came from astrology yes <laughs> i was like just trying to figure out why i why i related uh to so many things about my astrological sign but i didn't you know lay claim to the actual being born on a certain day at a certain time <laughs> concept so um and that rang true for me so um i can pull up the study on that too if anybody wants that as well um we have about 10 minutes left I feel like we, we've got to talk more about ladies, shall we? How about this? How about let's I'm all share? Talking. You know, you're done talking. You don't talk about women. How about we all talk about um, maybe a woman that we look up to, uh, or an awesome woman that, that in, in history, in our lives, and, and what characteristics she had? <laughs> well, you guys on the spot. What is it? Like Hedy Lamar back in the day? She was 
very, very smart lady, um, invented some things, um, but never really got spoken about. There are so many. Um, who else? As, as everybody's typing away, looking up different women, there's- Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna. <laughs> yeah. There, there's this um, thing I subscribe to on my Facebook where I get, oh yeah, Oprah, Michelle, Obama, all of them. They, they, but the one I'm subscribing to goes towards the history of women and the history of all women. Um, and mine tends to be the attraction of those that did worked in the science field and, um, you know, save people. <laughs> I'm going to put the fellows on the spot. It might be <laughs> easier here. I'll make it a little, a little more difficult on myself. I won't say my mom. Um, yes, you will. You already did. Look at you. She absolutely counts. But I'll, I'll go amazing. with uh, my my one of my oldest sisters. She, um, the characteristic traits that I admire in her is her her perseverance. She is someone who I feel just time and time again when she gets knocked back down doesn't allow it to really rattle her too much. Um, she always finds um, the, the she, she looks at things in a glass half full type of manner um, to the point where I admire and I try and embody sometimes when I find myself kind of knocked down. So her definitely, um, she's someone I can talk to whenever I have anything, anything at all. Um, I'm very vulnerable with her and I appreciate her for that. Is it, uh, I was gonna say, is it kissing ass if I say Brooke and Lisa? Uh, <laughs> I'll skip over that then. Um, my mom as well. I mean, she was like the main breadwinner for the house for a long time, and then she, you know, was when I was, oh, I don't even know, ten, nine, or something like that, diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, and just like you know, manages to like push through it, live a normal like everyday life, and still provide for us um so i never really had that even conception of like you know the man takes care of the family the woman does other stuff um it's always it was always in like growing up it's just like oh yeah like it's just totally normal to you know have a disability and also provide for the family and you know um that's what my mom does so hmm. that's that and then uh, I guess uh, Michelle Obama's a um, a boss lady as well. She's great. <laughs> Just looking at the uh, comments. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. Um, anybody? Jen? Jen? Yeah, I can. I can go. <laughs> I'm not prepared at all, so you know it's whatever. I, I wasn't either. Um. So of course, my mom and my grandma. Um. I feel like they don't even realize, you know, how much they've impacted me and how much they've really done. And I, I hope that they, they do, especially now that I'm a coach, um, because they've been part of that journey. Um, I also, I'll expose a little bit of my personality here with this woman, um, that I, I admire, uh, Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. I froze. There you are. We're not suspense. Okay, there's a storm here. That's why. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so um what did you hear up to? <laughs> we heard leading up to the personality and then you're about to say it and then Yeah. So, so um, I'm just going to say, I'm just going to go for it. I totally mm -hmm. admire the late comedian Joan Rivers because she <gasps> had no fear yeah. and she just, she said, she said it all and she didn't care what people thought and she found humor in the darkest things. And there's just something about that, that I'm just like, that's special. So I know, you know, not everybody loved her probably the way I loved her, but I was, I was a fan. I'm going to, you reminded me of an actual famous woman that I like a lot is Joan Didion, who also has multiple sclerosis. Um, 
I find her to be a terrible bore at times, but she has a very <laughs> sharp wit and personality. And, you know, reading her books, like growing up in California in the 70s and her essays was just, you know, she had a lot of great insight as to what was going on in the counterculture era. So we like Joan Didion. Uh, Brooke, bouncing it to you. I have no women I look up to. None with okay. <laughs> Would it be cheating if I said Lisa? Um, <laughs> uh, who I actually, in fact, do. So um, there are, I, I'm going to just say outright, uh, I give so much respect to any woman in business, that any woman that has set out to to create her own business and, and has done it with any degree of success, success. Blah, 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 blah. My mom was a huge role model in that space. She was an amazing businesswoman. Um, and she worked a lot, but she was, she was just, you know, kicking down doors and you know, taking names and, um, no, but I mean, sort of unstoppable when she was in her, in the, her prime in work. And that was something that actually I do look at and I do, um, embody. I've also had all of my mentors, uh, have been female and they've all, um, are, were, are absolutely women I look up to. Um, and, uh, they taught me a lot and, uh, they, they, they taught me a lot about being confident, I would say, and about, um, letting go of the, the insecurities that come with being a woman, I guess, or come with being human and, um, and just, just just moving forward and then always pausing. Um, and I think one of the greatest lessons taught to me by my mentors were, were to, to stop and first ask myself um, what I, what my role was in anything that I'm doing before I go and accuse others. And that, that is something that I carried with me that uh, was very powerful um, and taught to me by my, my mentor, Laura Hanneman, we'll give her credit. <laughs> um, uh, beyond that too, um, Women in history, I think that uh, they're, okay, I'm just going to go, Madame Curie, mm -hmm. uh, awesome <laughs> woman, and to be in the sciences and to be, do, I mean, that's a badass to me, um, especially even back then, um, uh, which is funny, my great-great-grandmother, uh, who I never met, but she had two doctorates, um, uh, and this was in, you know, the early 1900s, and for a woman, that's fairly impressive, especially then, <laughs> um, so that was sort of something drilled into me you know you you can do anything <laughs> um, uh, but I, I again any woman who's achieved any kind of success and I'll even you know who one of my favorite role models growing up you might think this is funny and sort of in the vein of Joan uh, Joan Rivers but different uh, it, Madonna I love Madonna growing up she was a trendsetter like she could go and she went by one name <laughs> you know but she was like, <laughs> Again, a woman who is completely willing to just be herself and embrace whatever, and um, that she was, she I, I loved her growing up for sure. And in that space, I tend to like weird women and weird people, so you probably don't want my examples. Weird <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> is subjective. Uh, yes, that's true, and we're all weird, aren't we? Yeah, we are. <laughs> Share oh, also, you know what blows what has always blown my mind and i've been like why why is this why did this ever go away queens there have been queens like people women who have ruled entire nations as queen and done an amazing job i mean it's far but you look at uh, even in ancient egypt so at what point did we get rid of that <laughs> like, like at what point yeah, there's still <laughs> queen elizabeth she's still fucking <laughs> But Amer in America, it's just not like that's not going to happen. No, so we don't. We don't like Mormons. Uh, we describe uh, men as kings and women as yes queens. Um, <laughs> there is that. I myself am a short king. Um, <laughs> I'll take on that role, and you're all queens too, including me. Queens and girl bosses all around. <laughs> you know something? Um, I just realized hmm. if I can. If I can add in here, I just realized that CLCI is actually uh, male dominated. That I am, yeah, I'm only. It wasn't. It wasn't always that way. When I <laughs> when I joined, it was definitely female. It dominated. was just me and oh, Lisa. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it's female dominated in the sense that it's women running the business. It's gotcha. male dominated in that we're the little. Peons being moved around the chessboard. <laughs> now I know what to call you a peon. Yeah, peon. I never knew. Uh, Cretan. I like Cretan. Uh, that's a good one. 
I also think though it's fair to say though that that once you get to know um, the 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 folks the the men that work here, um, just like Dan, all of them are very much in touch with their their uh, feminine sides. So, <laughs> um, and that's I think apart from Anthony, one hundred percent man. <laughs> Um, I can't even take him seriously right now. <laughs> All right, so let's final thoughts, everybody. <laughs> um, women, you get to decide, you know, what part of being a woman works for you. You get to decide what part of it, you know, that society puts on you that you get to throw out the door and never look at again. Um, embrace that. And I think men, as coaches too, going into coaching, um, you know, embrace your feminine qualities um and you don't have to give up your masculinity you know as a trade-off there's a lot to gain and learn from women going into coaching because you know they've got way more experience and there's a lot more women doing coaching than us fellas so we got a lot to learn end of thought i just read a really interesting statistic by the way this is from harvard <laughs> business review and it's about self-confidence and how it's interesting um when you're looking at men and women in their 20s, uh, the women are definitely less confident than men. But as that scale goes up, and once you get to 60, women are significantly more confident than men are uh, overall, which is interesting. Like it's like it crisscrosses, um, and I just wonder why that is. Um, but I just was like, wow, that's very interesting. I thought I thought I'd share. <laughs> Women just have a steady climb of getting more. I think that what happens at some point are give a breaks. <laughs> I, I, we just go, we don't care anymore. We're doing it. We are who we are. <laughs> Is it on the flip end of that, men realize that they actually do care? We just, oh. no, we just crash and burn. <laughs> so 50 or 60 years, just like living life with the blinders on. And then we realize, Oh crap! I'm an old man now, and then we just tank. <laughs> so, we got that to look forward to, Jerome. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> uh, final thoughts for me. I just want to say Happy International Women's Day to all of our alumni, to the mother of the mothers of all of our alumni, female alumni, I should say, and the mothers of all of our alumni and to our beautiful women of CLCI. So thank you guys. And that's all I have there and thought there. Lisa? Oops. Or me? <laughs> I appreciate um, the women's strength and courage. Um, apparently, I'm getting emotional here. Strength and courage to create breakthroughs and uh, not accept, you know, someone else's opinion of them that they can break through and become who they want and who they were meant to be. I encourage all, not just women, but everyone to follow those kinds of leads become who you're meant to be follow your heart follow your instincts continue to learn and grow um, in this space of you know just who you were meant to be not who you were told to be jen final thoughts final thoughts yes women are definitely natural born coaches and they are so needed in this world and women just lean into their natural gifts and inject more love and healing into the world. We need it. Agreed. Um, and my final thoughts, I would just like to say, uh, women support other women. Men support other women. <laughs> Everybody support women. Um, uh, I mean, a big part of what International Women's Day uh, is about is is getting rid of those biases, getting rid of the stereotypes, getting rid of the discrimination, and opening the doors up for future generations of women um, to to thrive. And and that that how is that done? That is done by being supportive of one another um, and by encouraging one another and not making it a competition, but making it a space where where we lift one another up. Um, and and. Uh, celebrate the the 
successes of others uh, and actually even be there to help them be successful. And that's what a coach does, right? At the end of the day, we help, um, we help people find their success. We help people, you know, get on road to on the road to get what they want out of life. Um, and if we took those qualities of a coach and we, we applied them to the world, imagine what a very cool space it would be. So, um, those are my final thoughts. Uh, thank you guys out there for watching. We're going to go ahead and wrap up and say goodbye. <laughs> um, until next week, we'll be back here next week at four o'clock. Uh, we'll see you guys all then. Make sure you check out Certified Life Coach Institute. We certified life coaches in three days. <laughs> hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Once again, this is brought to you by Certified Life Coach Institute. We're an ICF accredited school who certifies our life coaches in three-day online intensive courses. In addition to other podcast episodes, feel free to check us out every Tuesday at 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time on YouTube or Facebook for our CLCI Lives, where we get together and discuss various topics that are centered around sharpening your skills so you can become a better certified life coach. For more information, feel free to visit us at certifiedlifecoachinstitute.com. Until next time, be well.